Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. It is great to be together, and uh, we're so excited to bring the Word of the Lord to you. I believe God wants to bring you a now word today, just something fresh for your spirit. In fact, today's message is called Strong in the Spirit. I'm going to read a couple of passages from Ephesians and then weave in John chapter 7 about the rivers of living water. Ephesians 6.10 says this, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord, the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. I mean, when somebody says finally or last words or famous last words, you got to pay attention. They're trying to tell you something that is important to them. And this is what Paul said. He, in Ephesians 3, a little earlier, Paul you know, had a couple of prayers and declarations in the book of Ephesians. Ephesians 3.16 says this. Paul says, I'm praying that God would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. The word might there is the word dunamis, from which we get the word dynamic or dynamite. Three people remember the 70s, anyway. The, uh, there's a great word, exousia, which also means power. It's translated power in the New Testament. But the word exousia is the word authority. This is about explosive miracle working power. He says, I'm praying that according to the riches of the glory of God, you would be strengthened with miracle power. God's dynamite through his spirit in your inner man, the real you. The Bible calls it the hidden man of the heart. Finally, John chapter 7, I'm reading from the Passion Paraphrase, John 7, 38. Jesus said this, I love this translation. Believe in me so that rivers of living water will burst out from within you, flowing from your innermost being. Just like the scripture says, Jesus was prophesying about the Holy Spirit that believers were being prepared to receive. But the Holy Spirit had not yet been poured out upon them because Jesus had not yet been unveiled in his full splendor. You may know that scripture as uh, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Let's pray together one more time. God, would you open the eyes of our heart today that we can just take in that now word, that fresh word, that you would come and show us your strength, not not just around us, but reveal your strength in and through us. Fill us afresh, Holy Spirit of God. This is your house. These are your people. We need you now more than ever. In Jesus' name, amen. Our theme this month is nothing is impossible with Jesus. I I started to call the whole month just Jesus. Because that's what I believe right now. The, the, the more you see the nuances of everything going on in the world, everything going on in homes and families and lives and, and stuff, 
The only answer is Jesus. The answer is not more debate, more anger, more laws, more rules. The only answer is Jesus. Last week we talked about the shadow of the Almighty. We're talking the whole month about the amazing power of God that flows from Jesus. Last week we looked at the power of living life in the light of Christ and the shadow that is cast when you're in his light, giving you invested influence into the lives of others. We said last week as a reminder, people are watching and listening to you, whether you realize it or not. Let me ask you this though, what are they seeing and what are they hearing if they're eavesdropping on your life? Now, last week when we went home from church, I was glad we didn't do water baptism last week because there was a lot of electricity in the air, a lot of lightning, and we got home and had, uh, had some, uh, some Sunday dinner and the lights went out. Actually, the power surged a couple of times, then it went out. You know, sometimes you don't appreciate electricity until you don't have it. When we had this outage, when it came back on, no internet. And I was wanting to watch the Masters golf tournament. Instead, I had just listened to the Master, which is never second place. When it finally came back on, I was so thankful. It was on for about an hour, a very long hour, by the way. You ever notice when your spiritual power goes offline? You even notice it? You can notice it at your home. Billy Graham said that the average church in America, this is 40 years ago or more, he said, if the Holy Spirit lifted his presence from the average church in America, the church would go right on with its agenda and wouldn't even notice. That's why we don't want to be average. We don't strive to just be a religious church filled with tradition. Samson was the world's strongest man at one time. Didn't notice that he was losing his power until it was too late. And finally, after he lost his vision, by the end of his life, he actually started to see again. The Bible says, one of the greatest, one of the greatest redemptive verses of all time, by the way, not preaching out of Judges today, one of the greatest redemptive verses comes up in my spirit right now. It says, when Samson was taken into captivity of the Philistines, he was blind, they plucked out his eyes, he ground at a mill, and it says this, but his hair began to grow back. I know God is a redeemer. No matter how bad you blew it, no matter how bad you messed up. God's love is not withheld and your covenant can grow back. The source of your power can grow back. You can find that, but you got to be open to it, right? And the Bible says that what he was supposed to do in his life and vision, he finally, when his hair grew back, he asked somebody to position him between the pillars of the city. Just wanted to feel them. 
And he ended up fulfilling his destiny anyway. It was a little shortcut. He didn't get all the accolades. What we know about is Delilah. We know the scandal. But he brought that city down on the Philistines like he was supposed to. Because God is a redeemer. And if he's a redeemer under the law of the Old Testament, how much more is he a redeemer through the grace of God through Jesus Christ? You want to know what's not impossible? Your forgiveness is not impossible. Your healing is not impossible. You getting over bitterness is not impossible. You moving forward is not impossible. I want to give you five reasons why you need spiritual strength today. I want you to think about this. I want you to open your heart and let God speak to it today. You know, life has its challenges. Nobody gets through this life, no matter how much faith you've got, nobody gets through without a few bumps, a few scrapes, and a few bruises, especially in the roaring 20s. Five reasons you need spiritual strength. Number one, God works through people. We always say right here, God can do anything he wants to do. But he sovereignly chose to administrate everything he does on earth as a partnership with humanity, as a partnership with his people. God limited his sovereignty. He limited his own sovereignty. He can do anything he wants, but he will not do certain things on the earth unless somebody asks him. The book of Ezekiel God says, uh, I, I, I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and, and build a hedge of protection around a city, around a community, around a nation. And I looked for an intercessor, but I couldn't find anybody. I couldn't find anybody that would pray. My friends, God works through people. We have to realize when you, whatever you're hearing on the news, whatever's going on, it's horrendous. It's horrible, I'm sure. I know breaks our hearts. But let me tell you something. As Abraham, the father of faith, stood afar off, even seeing the absolute, disgusting immorality of Sodom and Gomorrah, knowing that his nephew Lot and his family was living there and had chosen to live there, Abraham stood afar off, the Bible says, and began to intercede and said, God, what if you could find 50 righteous people in Sodom and Gomorrah? Would you spare it? God says, I would. Abraham says, uh, what about 40? <laughs> yes, God says, I, I, I'd spare it for 40 righteous people. Abraham gets down to like about 10. He bargains with God in his intercession. He says, what about 10 righteous people, God? You know that God counted Lot and his family as righteous because of Abraham's prayer? But there weren't 10 of them. And Abraham didn't go any lower. He could have said, what about three? <laughs> what about two or three gathered in your name? My point is this, no matter how rough everything is or looks, and we have to be prepared. Why do you need to be spiritually strong? Duh, I've been on a bandwagon, on a soapbox for the last three years trying to sound the alarm to the people of our community, the people of our church, the people of our 
area of the people that watch us around the world and say, hey, it's time to get your grit back. It's time to get your toughness back. We're not going through a picnic here. I believe in encouraging words. But primarily, I believe in truth. And I've been standing here as encouraging as I can be week after week, month after month, year after year, for next week or two weeks from now, it'll be 31 years. And I'm telling you that I got alarm bells still going off, and if I, I don't know what else to say. You need to aspire to be spiritually alert, awake, alive, and strong in the Lord and the power of His might. There are people right now whose hearts are failing them because of fear. Just like the Bible prophesied. When God heals or delivers from demonic power, he usually doesn't shoot it from the sky. He sends you to be his ambassador. That's why Mark 16 is in the Bible. Go into all the world, preach the gospel. And these signs will follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out demons. When I was a nice, mild-mannered Presbyterian 35 years ago, I hadn't read that part. And I looked for the off-ramp. I looked for the off-ramp that said, in the year, back then it was 1986, in 1986, this will no longer be Included in the Bible, but that's not what it said. In my name, they shall cast out demons. They shall speak with new tongues. If they drink any deadly thing or get it injected into them, by the way, it shall not harm them. That's where my faith is. They shall take up serpents, engaging the enemy in warfare. They shall lay their hands upon the sick, and the sick shall recover. Is that in the Bible or not? If you want to pull it out, you can try to pull it out. I tried 35 years ago to pull it out based on my theology. Instead, I just had to accept it, and all of a sudden, God began knocking on the door of my heart more and more and more. God is moving. I've had, I've had theologians tell me, oh, well, we don't, need, we don't need power over demons today. Jesus already did it 2,000 years ago. Well, he did take the authority, but the, the, the victory of Jesus has to be enforced. Amen. Or hadn't you noticed that the speed limit by our church out here on 441 is 55 miles an hour? And because it's 55 miles an hour, Nobody ever goes beyond 55. <laughs> Sheriff Sergeant Rick is here, and maybe he could shed some light on this. We were driving to South Florida a few weeks ago, down, uh, down 75 toward Naples, and this motorcycle passed us in traffic, weaving in and out, doing 
at least 120 miles an hour. I mean, I mean, he was there and he was gone. And I thought, this guy must have a death wish. See, the problem is, just because there's a law doesn't mean that that law is followed. There has to be law enforcement. God's church enforces the victory of Calvary. Can you say amen? The early church in the book of Acts is our pattern. And in every area where we don't look like the book of Acts in faith, in power, in hope, in love, in relationship, in obedience. We're messing up. We've missed it. God works through people. Number two, reasons you need spiritual strength. Number two, faith is like a muscle. I've said it a thousand times, but you've got to use it or you're going to lose it. You work out your faith and it will get stronger. The Bible says without faith it's impossible to please God. Not, not impossible for him to love you. He loves you no matter what. But without faith, without trusting him and taking steps of obedience and trust, it's impossible to put a smile on his face. How many know just because you're a parent and you love your kids and they're real cute doesn't mean they always make you smile. There are certain moments of your life where they act like you did. And you can recall that your, maybe it wasn't in your family, but in my family, my mother used to say, when I was a teenager, I hope you have a son just like you one day. And I didn't understand the power of word curses till years later. When I said, oh, ouch. That one happened. And I don't like it sometimes. Understand that in life, we need the power of God because we, the, the, your faith, listen, right now, since COVID, I've got these resistance bands so I can work out at home. I've got these resistance bands and I've got them different, different uh, you know, 10 pound, 20 pound, 30 pound, 40 pound, 50 pound bands. You, 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 they're called resistance bands. Why? Because faith grows through resistance just like a muscle. Your muscle grows when it breaks down the lactic acid from you striving against resistance. Say, why would God leave the devil on the earth? First of all, he didn't send him to earth to torment you. He sent you on earth to torment him. The devil was sentenced to the earth. He was cast down from heaven as Lucifer set to be under your feet. That's what the Bible says. Read it. He can bruise your heel, but you can crush his head. My old pastor used to say, if you want to, write a, you want to send a message to the devil, write it on the bottom of your shoe because he's underneath the soles of your feet. We look up dealing with principalities and powers, but they're really underneath our feet because Jesus already got the victory. But we've got to work out our faith like a muscle. Hebrews 11.1 1 from the Amplified says this, Now faith is, one of the reasons why we call this church, now church is because of Ephesians, excuse me, Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is. 
Faith is never, you cannot have faith for the future or the past. You can have hope for the future. You can have forgiveness for the past. But faith only works right now. Faith only works exactly where you are now. I may know it's true. Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed, I love that, of the things we hope for being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality, faith perceived as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Uh, what does a title deed do? If, 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 have you ever gone through a title search to get property or, or get a house? When you go through the title search, it's a whole process. It's a whole deal. It's a whole situation. And they're dealing with all the legalities. And what a title deed does is a title deed gives you the legal right to property, land, or buildings. But it doesn't mean you've taken possession yet. Faith is the title deed. It's the legal ratification and execution of the process of the will of God, our Heavenly Father. How I many know we have an inheritance? We are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Of everything He inherits, we are joint heirs together with Him. Are you awake today? Now we're getting a little deep here, but I want you to really, I want you to listen to this because this is why you need strength right now. You need to be strong in the spirit because you've got to work out that faith. You've got to work it out. You've got to work it out. God wants to do great things in your life, but he does it through faith. The title deed gives you legal ownership. Faith gives you legal ownership of the promises of God. In him, in Jesus, they are yes and amen. Say yes. yes. Say amen. amen. In him, they are yes and so be it. They are yes and amen. In him, the promises of God, all the promises of God are yes and amen. So if you're in any area where you're, not, where you're not walking in the manifestation of that yet, you have to believe. How do you believe? You look at the Bible to find the title deed to the promise by his stripes. I was healed 2,000 years ago by the whip marks that he bore on his back. And I receive it now by faith. Do you feel better? I don't know if you feel better yet. I just know that the feeling follows the legal right. The manifestation comes after the believing. And sometimes you gotta keep, keep believing, okay? We're get, I gotta go. Number three, number three. So five reasons you need spiritual strength. Number one, God works through people. Number two, faith is like a muscle. Number three, longevity requires endurance. Hebrews 10.35 says this, Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance. Now, by the way, this is just a few verses before Hebrews 11.1. 1. The end of Hebrews 10 
You have need of endurance, verse 36 says, so that after you've done the will of God, you may receive the promise. The manifestation comes after you've done the will of God, after you've hung in there, after you believe. But you're gonna have you're gonna need to have endurance in this next season. I'm not trying to make anybody afraid. I'm just trying to tell you the truth. Whatever, whatever's going on in the world right now, we win. But it doesn't mean that it's a pushover. We win. God wins. We sang it earlier. He never fails. He never loses. He's the champion, undefeated. You need, you have need of endurance. Let me give you these words. Stamina, perseverance, resilience, fortitude, determination, toughness, consistency, tenacity, good old-fashioned grit. That's what we're talking about today. I love what Brother Lester Sumrall, one of, our, one of our mentors back in the 90s, he always said this, the best way to get back at your critics is to outlive them. And he outlived most of them. He lived to be 83. He's been gone 25 years this week, I think, because it was the month after we got into this building that he passed. When he passed, uh, when I found out he had passed, I just arrived in Norway on a mission for my first trip to Norway. I was in Molde, Norway. I got into the hotel and I got a phone call. This is 1996. I got a phone call from my wife. And my wife said, Brother Simrall passed. And I said, I'll be on the next plane home for his funeral. And hung up the phone. I started to walk and pray. I was about to call the airline. And I could hear Brother Summerall saying, what are you doing leaving the mission field? I'm already dead. Now, I don't talk to the dead, okay? Don't, I'm not, he, he didn't literally say, I, could just, I just knew his person, his personality. He was like a general. And, and I just felt like he didn't want, I felt like he wouldn't want me to leave Norway winning lost people and go back and fly home for his funeral. So I stayed in Norway. My wife flew to South Bend, Indiana and represented us as a church at his funeral. And the services in this church in Norway started turning to miracle services. And stuff started happening, and bam, bam, bam. Every night, packed this place. They didn't know me. I didn't know them. But I was obedient to stay in there. You need endurance, my friends. Longevity requires endurance. I want to read you uh, a, a little poem. I'm not a big poem guy, <clears throat> but um, I heard this from Dutch Sheets a while back, and I saved it. Listen to this. It's called Two Frogs. Two frogs fell into a can of cream, or so it has been told. The sides of the can were shiny and steep. The cream was deep and cold. Oh, what's the use, said number one. It's plain no helps around. Goodbye, my friend. Goodbye, said world. And weeping still, he drowned. But number two, of sterner stuff, dog paddled in surprise. The while he licked his creamy lips and blicked Blinked his creamy eyes. I'll swim at least a while, he thought. 
or so it has been said, it really won't help the world if one more frog was dead. An hour or more he kicked and swam. Not once he stopped to mutter, then hopped out from the island he had made of fresh churned butter. Isn't that a good thought? There may be moments where you're just tempted to throw it in. Just call it. Tired. Can I just tell you, it's not enough just to be a nominal Christian in 2021. It's not enough. Oh, you can go to heaven, but Jesus never intended you to go through hell on earth. He intended you to bring the kingdom from heaven to earth. He intended for you to live a life of victory even when it's hard. Number four, you still awake? Number four, destinies must be birthed. Why do you need spiritual strength? Because destinies have to be birthed. Destiny isn't automatic. It unfolds over time. Mary received the seed of God. She said, how in the the world am I going to get pregnant? I'm a virgin. And the angel said, "The, the spirit of God, the spirit of the Lord, as I said last week, will overshadow you. The Holy Ghost will come upon you and you will receive the implanted word. You will receive the word in Greek is spora, from which we get the word spore or sperm. James 1.21 says the same word when it says, you receive the implanted word within you. 1 Peter 1.23 says, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible spora, through the word of God which lives and abides forever. Now listen to this. This blew me away. John chapter 7, when it says, out of your belly, out of your innermost being, the word there in the Greek is koilia, with a K, it means womb. Let that sink in for a second. <clears throat> Jesus said, as he prophesied of the Holy Ghost, Out of your womb, men and women, shall come rivers of living water that shall flow out of your spiritual womb. What happens? You're joking around about Nakoda's water breaking earlier. What happens when a woman's water breaks? Birthing is imminent you got to get to the hospital because you are headed toward delivery, manifestation of something you've been carrying for nine months, which is not nine months. It's 40 weeks. 40 is the number of God's order God's divine order applied to all earthly things and flesh. God bring everything into order. Forty. Forty days and forty nights for Noah. Jesus fasting and praying. Forty days, tempted of the enemy. Forty days, forty nights. Forty. Birthing. Are you awake now? Because I want you to get this. Why do you need to be strong? Why? Because the bringing forth of life, of new souls, P 
people being born again have to be borned. It's not a word, but it's, it is now. They have to be reproduced. God's promises must be carried full term. When you get a promise from God, what's the first way that, that a woman might know that she is pregnant? Morning sickness. Doesn't feel right. When you've got an assignment from God, a promise from God, you start to feel funny in your spirit. You start to sense something is different. It's a 40-week process, three trimesters of the development of the promise of God. Now, some promises of God, like Abraham with Isaac, took more, you know, 25 years. But here's a, here's a sobering verse the Lord gave me this week. And this is important. Isaiah 37, 3. And they said to him, thus says Hezekiah, this day is a day of trouble and rebuke and blasphemy. For the children have come to birth, but there is no strength to bring them forth. I'm concerned about revival because I know that I know that I know that I know that revival is the will of God for America right now, in this moment, not 10 years from now, not just 20 years from now, right now, we need a move of God. We prophesy the move of God. We preach to you about the move of God. We prayed for the move of God. We're continuing to pray for the move of God. We need God to show up. We need revival. Now, revival is not, revival is not harvest. Revival is the awakening of that which is sleeping or dead, the church. <clears throat> right now, half the body of Christ, at least, probably more, is half asleep, doesn't know what's going on, and just mad about everything because they're just listening to every voice instead of the voice of our king and our commander. God's promises must be carried and we need strength. When we had our two kids, we were the first generation that the men were in labor and delivery, went to Lama's class and were in with our kids being born. Most awesome moments of my life. With our son, he came really pretty quickly and uh, I think we were in the hospital by... 11, 11.30 at night, by 2.30 in the morning, he was there. Our daughter, uh, we went to hospital late at night thinking we are going to repeat history, but how many know babies don't read history? So we were sent home late at night and went back early in the morning, the next morning, and my wife was in full on, like, this baby's coming now, when we got in to delivery and they told her it was time to push, she had no strength to push. She, she, she got so tired that she didn't, she said, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. And they started to get on both sides of her and started pushing her stomach and just say, come on, just a couple more times. And all of a sudden the room started to spin for me. My wife teases that I took the limelight in the second delivery. 
because the nurse noticed I was about to pass out. <clears throat> and the nurses got me a chair and they were helping me and my wife was sitting over there with no strength to bring forth, but everybody was with me. I said, I didn't mean to. When you see the one you love going through that much stress and agony, I couldn't take it. and almost passed it out. We need the strength. Why? Because the church is the incubator of God's purpose on the earth. The church of Jesus is the incubator of God's purpose on the earth. That's why when they said Jesus teaches to pray, he said, pray this way. Let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, either this was a, a big practical joke that God said, hey, watch this. I'm going to tell these people that they can do something that they can't possibly do. Watch, angels. We're going to play a joke on humanity. Either it's a joke or it's true. And we're all focused on getting out of here. Those of us who believe in the second coming of Jesus, many are just sitting around, hanging on till the rapture, baby. I'll fly away, oh glory, I'll fly away. You know, that's not a victory song. That's a I'm out of here song. That's not a victory song. That's an escape song. Not against that song. Those of you raised in that kind of church, I believe in the second coming of Jesus, and I believe his coming is closer than it's ever been. No man knows the day or the hour. Look around the world right now, and you say, okay, I can see why in Revelation we're, we're supposed to pray, come quickly, Lord Jesus. But we're supposed to live life as vessels of God's glory. We are the incubators. We are the ones that are going to reproduce. That's why we cry out for the miracles of Jesus in our church and in our generation. We cry out for the miracles of Jesus. I, 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 sometimes my prayers, I just feel like, I'm, I feel like Gideon sometimes. Where is the Lord God? Where are the miracles we heard about from generations past? We've seen them. We've experienced them. We know them. But the God of miracles is still alive. There's no age of miracles. There's a God of miracles, and he's still alive, which means the connection point problem is not from him. It's from our end. When you talk on a telephone, you, you know, you got to have a, a transmitter and a receiver. There's no problem with the transmitter of miracles. There may be a problem with the receiver, us. We need strength. Talk about more next week. The measure. Talk about the measure of strength next week. Number five and last. Why do you need strength? Because answers to prayer take time and energy. Like the birthing process. Listen, <clears throat> why did it take Daniel, why do you have to pray 21 days when the angel shows up and says, hey, from the first day you began to pray, 
I was on the way with the answer. From the first day, that's what the Bible says. But there was a resistance in the heavenly realm. The principalities over Persia were fighting angels and demons, principalities and the angels of God fighting. There was a war in the heavens. There was a battle. Every one of your battles right now, all of your resistance because of what's going on in the invisible realm and you don't know it. And if you don't have any discernment, if you're not paying attention, then you start chasing everything with reaction. Ah! Somebody said to me one time years ago, when you get so busy putting out fires, you got to remember to go after the arsonist. Because you can chase little fires all of your life and never have an end to them. Daniel prayed 21 days. Elijah, let me ask you a question. Did, did Elijah hear from God that it was time for the rain to come? Yes, very clearly. God said, okay, now it's time. I want, I'm going to bring the rain back on there. Three and a half years later, <clears throat> it's time. Elijah didn't just go get an umbrella. Okay, awesome. It's going to rain. No, he went up to a mountain, listen, and he got down, the Bible says, in what was known as the Jewish women's birthing position. He went into a birthing position to birth the reign of God. And then he sent the servant, okay, I prayed through, I've broken through, go look. What happened? The servant came back seven times. On the seventh time, he finally saw a little tiny cloud the size of a man's fist. And he told Elijah, and Elijah said, okay, that's it, good. I don't need to pray anymore, it's done. But he prayed through to manifestation. He prayed through in a birthing prayer as the incubator of God's will on the earth, even under the old covenant. Think about that. James chapter five describes when the Bible says, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much or makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working, depending on your translation. When the Bible says the effective prayer, it says consider Elijah. He was a man of human nature like us. He wasn't, he wasn't extra spiritual. <clears throat> he was a man with a like nature. He had similar problems and situations to what you and I do. But he prayed that the rain would stop and there'd be a drought. And then he prayed that the drought would end, and both times God answered. Now, God didn't answer right away, though. Why? Because there's stuff going on when you're praying. You ever wonder why God sometimes takes so long to answer our prayers? Anybody waiting on a big promise right now? Or a little promise right now? Or any promise right now? How about this? Maybe God is developing you to manage the answer. When you're pregnant with a child, you go, okay, we're ready to have a baby, but are you? It's not just about the nursery. It's about what it means to the family. Transition, adjustment, no sleep for a while. Maybe 18 years. 
I got to quit. They never turned my timer on, so I still have 32 minutes left. <laughs> Maybe God's developing you to manage the answer. Maybe what you're praying for, you're actually going to be the answer to. Or perhaps God has a perfect Kairos timing that hasn't arrived yet. There's, there's Kronos time, which is always the same. And there's Kairos time, which is God's timing. God's opportune time when something needs to happen on the earth in a certain timing. Or other, here's another thing. You're praying for people to get saved. And you pray for years. Other people's strong will or poor choices can cause delay. God will not overrule somebody's will. He won't. We have to grow up to the task. The Holy Spirit's power is released to work through us. The Holy Spirit doesn't lay hands on the sick. We do. We are his mouthpiece. How do we know? Because the sword of the Spirit, the Bible says, is in our mouths. It's part of the armor of God. The sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, is in your mouth. We speak his word, decreeing his known will. What's our takeaway? We need more of the power of God. We need strength. The world is sick and needs healing. I think of all the wireless technology. You know, I can imagine when we started to get cell phones, how I could talk on this phone without something connected to something else by a wire. In fact, when I first got, when I started to have smartphones, the iPhone, when it came out, and I saw pictures appearing like crystal clear, pictures appearing on a device without a wire, just try to mess with my brain. My grandkids can run rings around me on devices because they don't have that hang-up of, well, how does this work? They just know it does. It's a little scary sometimes, isn't it? But here's my concern. There's a tendency to operate your life independently, disengaged from God, disconnected from His power, disconnected from the people that mean the most to you. Wireless devices still need to be plugged in sometimes. Why? To fully recharge their strength. You and I need to get plugged in sometimes. Because it's very easy right now to be disconnected and on the outside looking in. Let's plug into God. Let's lean into His strength. Let's give birth to his purpose. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word today. Holy Spirit, we need you so much. Would you come and fill your people today? Would you come and baptize your people in the spirit afresh? We need your presence more than ever. We need your power more than ever. We are desperate for more of you. As Elisha prayed, when Elijah took that whirlwind to heaven. Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And he struck the water with the mantle, the coat. 
Father, today we take the cloak of zeal. The zeal for God that consumes us. And we strike the water. And we say, where is our double portion? Our God can make cancer disappear because he took it 2,000 years ago on his son. Our God is a consuming fire. Lord, we need you. We're desperate for you. If you're here in this room or you're listening to the sound of my voice right now, wherever you're watching, I'm not trying to frighten you, but I'm trying to get you to get your fear of God back, which is awe and wonder, not terror. Try to get you to, to open your heart and open your eyes and get your strength back because there's a lot of birthing ahead. There are a lot of things yet to be done in this church. A lot of the vision of this church is still unfulfilled. A lot of the things we saw 30 years ago, 31 years ago when we started are still in process. We got a lot of promises yet to be fulfilled. We got a lot of nations yet to go to. A lot of people hurting and broken in Gainesville and Ocala and the villages and everywhere in between our territory. From Crystal River to Daytona Beach, this area of Florida is part of our responsibility. Not only us, many churches, but we have a responsibility to have our portion. <coughs> Excuse me. Wherever you are, hearing the sound of my voice right now, I call you to this great salvation. I call you to worship. I call you to believe and to bow your knee to King Jesus. If you don't know him, this is the moment where you can say, Jesus, I need you. Come into my heart. Forgive my sin. Change me from the inside out. And he'll meet you right where your faith muscle is. Right at the point of faith, wherever that faith muscle, whatever condition it's in right now, you cry out to God right now. And Jesus will be the Lord of your life. He will meet you at wherever you surrender. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can you hear that applause out there? Let's clap for God right now and honor him. Wow, we got a lot of rain. Those of you at home that don't hear it, we got a lot of rain just hit at the amen. God confirms his word, doesn't he? Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you.